Here we go once again with the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Happy to be rocking with you guys today. It is a beautiful day and I cannot wait to be jumping in to this awesome podcast that we have prepared for you. Uh, exciting week ahead of us. We've got some, you know, uh, I, I, I use the word interesting. I would say unique games this week. Not a ton of headliners, but I think this week is going to kind of set the course for some of these teams going forward. We talked about that last week uh, with the Michigan State-Wisconsin game, and I think that this week, uh, I, I really think that uh, we're setting ourselves up for one of those weeks to see where the rest of these teams go uh, going forward as, as they prepare for the rest of their season. Uh, of course, we've been kicking butt recently. Uh, almost, uh, well, we'll round up 61%. Uh, we've been betting with the spread. So trying to make you guys some money as well, making it a little bit difficult on ourselves on these betting podcast previews. And uh, really just it's just overall a really fun week. We've, had, we've been having some great download numbers, have been having some great um, interactions with you guys, the fans. And so we will be jumping into that and much much more so for those of you who are new to the podcast this is still a fairly new podcast our first year doing it uh you we we like to do kind of a recap on on mondays where you're able to listen kind of uh react to the games uh we go over where we were right and where we were wrong on uh on the betting side of things. And then today is where we actually do the preview of the next week. What are the lines? What do they look like? What are we going to be betting and why we're going to be betting them? So I, I really enjoy this. And I'm really looking forward to, to bringing you this podcast. But first, we're going to go into the mailbag, the Big Ten football-focused mailbag. And this is going to be going to Josh. Josh out there, he is an Ohio State fan. And he said, Tyler, thank you for your awesome podcast. Hey, thank you, Josh. Why do you never talk about Ohio State? Please talk about my Buckeyes more. Thank you, Josh. Well, Josh, I wanted to, I, I want to start off with, with your question and then uh, maybe one more question. We'll go into the mailbag because we have a couple more and then we're going to be jumping to this preview. But Josh, thank you so much for submitting this podcast and listening to us. So the reason why I haven't talked about uh, much about Ohio State is number one, uh, they just haven't, there hasn't been that much interesting stuff to talk about them. And a lot of people are like, well, they're ranked, you know, some people have them one, some people have them two. I hate top 25, uh, but, but really a lot of people have them, you know, top four. We'll just say top four in, in the country. And I, I just haven't seen a game outside of the Notre Dame game, which we discussed, that has made me really go, oh man, I can't wait to talk about Ohio State. And there's no knock on them. They've played the weaker part of their schedule. They're now going into what is presumably the more difficult part um, of the first you know, few games of the first six games. Five of them were at home. And of the first, uh, what, eight games... Uh, Two of them are, are only on the road. So you've got six home games. So it's really hard for me to analyze a, a team. I know it's your favorite team, Josh. It's really hard for me to say, yes, this is Ohio State. This, yes, this isn't Ohio State. And and I, I'm really excited the next uh, two weeks for the Ohio State games. This week, uh, we they have Iowa coming up, which uh, we'll be talking about that, and then Penn State on the road in uh, in State College. So th those games I'm, I'm excited for. Uh, then they go Northwestern, Indiana, not too much to talk about, and then they go Maryland, Michigan, which would be a ton of fun to kind of to touch on. But, but really, when you're playing Arkansas State, Toledo, uh, a Wisconsin team that's down, a Rutgers team that you've mollywhopped in 
the past, not a ton to talk about. And then the Michigan State team, who's who's struggling this year, uh, hard for me to really dive in. The one thing that I've noticed about Ohio State is the defense is the weakest part of their offense, like of their team. Their offense is the strength, and uh, we saw with that Notre Dame game. And and you could say, well, you're making a lot. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. It was the first game, uh, but the offense did struggle when they went up a good defense, and they're going up against a phenomenal defense this week. So that's what I was kind of talking about in the prelude. Is that we're going to know a lot more about who Ohio State is come Saturday. I, I really see that being a big a big swing just because of Iowa's defense. Now, I, Iowa's offense is just downright atrocious. Uh, you know, a lot of... It's funny when the fans have now recognized it and they say, I'm here for the punter. I mean, are you kidding me? You're here to see punting? No. Uh, so interesting it will be an interesting week i hope i get to talk a little bit about more about ohio state uh you know i think we we will get uh representation at the college football playoff i think ohio state has as good a shot as as anybody in the conference namely michigan has the the, one of those two teams will be in if not both uh really kind of getting interesting and uh that segues into our next question but really interesting looking forward uh we have tanner thank you tanner for listening and he said after the after the upset against Alabama, do you think that if we have a one-loss Tennessee team, a one-loss Georgia team, and a one-loss Alabama team, that two SEC teams get in? Thank you, Tanner. A wonderful question because I think you're more directing that towards would there be a possibility of two Big Ten teams getting on, name, namely uh, Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, maybe. I mean, you, if you want to go long shot... Illinois, no kidding. They only have one loss, but they do play Michigan. Could you imagine if they beat Michigan and Ohio State? Come on, Illini. I got to love it. You know, I'm here for for the fighting Illini talk. But uh, that's a wonderful question. And I've got to say, and and this is the worst question, uh, but I have learned this not only in in business school. uh, I've worked for an attorney for a year and a half. It depends. And it's a terrible, it's a terrible answer to your question. But let's let's kind of unpack that. Let's kind of open it like like it's an onion, right? And uh, we're gonna kind of go layer by layer. So presumably, we're gonna say the first layer, uh, the SEC, all all three top teams have one loss. And you might even want to say, well, Ole Miss only has one loss. I mean, would be hard. It would be absolute pandemonium. But but the most likely scenario is that uh, Georgia, you know, has one loss. Tennessee has one loss. Alabama has one loss. So we'll say, uh, you know. Uh, Georgia beats Tennessee but loses to somebody. Tennessee's only loss is to Georgia, and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. And what does that look like? Well, you look, first off, you're going to be looking at the Big Ten. What is Ohio State and Michigan going to do? Now, personally, I think Ohio State and Michigan are two of the top four teams. I think uh, Tennessee has played well, but they do not have a defense. I think they rank like 129th in pass defense. I think they will eventually lose. I think Georgia's look good. They've looked one-dimensional at times. It it feels like they rely so heavily on the ground game and uh, their defense that they, they don't really have too much of a pass game Alabama uh, has been suspect. They've looked, you know, a little bit uneasy against Texas. If uh, Quinn Ewers stays in, maybe they get the win uh, against Texas. And so uh, so there you go. There's kind of, kind of, as you unpack the SEC, what is that looking like? Well, then you go to the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan. Both have played phenomenal. Both presumably are going to be 11-0 going into the game, which would be honestly one of the best games 
in recent history. I think it's going to be an absolute knockdown, dry-out fight. So then you move on to to the next conference, the ACC. Well, if a Clemson is undefeated, Clemson is not good. And the ACC is bad. Uh, I thought NC State was going to be a lot better than what they are. I mean, Syracuse is undefeated. Maybe Syracuse can upset them. But I don't know if you take an undefeated Clemson team because they really haven't impressed. Uh, the next uh, you know conference down the way is the Big 12. Now, they do have TCU, who is undefeated. And you can say, well, maybe... Maybe an undefeated TCU team, but but that that, that calls into question uh, a lot of different things. I mean, I do like TCU. Uh, the remaining of their schedule, they've got Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas Baylor, and Iowa State. I don't think they're going to go undefeated, but a one-loss TCU team I don't think is better than a one-loss Michigan or a one-loss Georgia, Tennessee, Bama, right? Because we're kind of looking to fill the rest of those spots. The next one, we have the Pac-12, and I do know a lot of people have been hammering uh, the USC. USC just lost to Utah. Doesn't mean that they can't get back up there. They did play a very tough game. Rice-Eccles is a very difficult place to play. Uh, And then you have UCLA. I don't think UCLA beats Oregon this week. I would take Oregon in that matchup. And then Oregon is a one-loss team that would go to uh, Georgia, right? Now, at this point in the season, we can go down all these rabbit holes as we kind of analyze and we kind of do all these shoot-offs like, oh, well, if this happens, if this happens, this happens. Look, if there is a... I think this is setting up for a two-team race to get in to get in either an Alabama or a Georgia or a Tennessee. I could really see, uh, you know, Tennessee uh, losing to Georgia and then them trying to pitch, uh, hey, we deserve to get in. Our only loss was to Georgia. Georgia lost to Bama. Or maybe Georgia beats Bama and then they're kind of have this pitch like, well, our only loss was to Georgia. But then it would call into question if Michigan wins, then Ohio State's pitches are only losses to Michigan, right? And so it'd be really interesting. I, what I've noticed in the college football play off is these scenarios are really, really fun to talk about. And it is a great flat platform. And it's kind of like spinning our wheels in mud right now. And I love talking about it. But these things tend to work each other out. I think there would be two SEC teams. I think only one Big Ten. And they're going to have uh, either the ACC, the Clemson, uh, Oregon, UCLA, uh, USC, or uh, TCU as that final spot. That's how they've done it. There's precedent for it. Uh, this is why, uh, for a long time, I only want, I wanted to keep the four-team playoff. But this is why we deserve a uh, you know, an 18 or a 16 this way. The expansion I believe is necessary is to provide. I really don't see uh, the point of putting an undefeated Clemson team, but what are you going to do? Have Alabama play Ohio state and then Michigan play Georgia or Michigan play Tennessee. And we just get rematches, which I mean, I don't know if the people, quote-unquote, would like or what the committee would like. Now, uh, thank you so much, Tanner, for that question. I, I would love to see two Big Ten teams in there. I think it would be so much fun. But we have to have, uh, you know, a number one. It would have to be like, you know, Michigan or Ohio State is the absolute number one and kind of is to try to sneak in the back door. Ideally, you would want to have Alabama lose one more time, have Ole Miss lose a stinker, uh, Ole Miss then lose to Georgia, and so like then it's like well Georgia Tennessee kind of but where Georgia beat Tennessee it's kind of like they're out of it that would be the I mean honestly one of the best case scenarios but college football is wonderful and on any given Saturday uh, any team can win so thank you for submitting these questions I wanted to kind of go over them I do love it when when we're interacting Josh and Tanner thank you so much for submitting that and if you guys want to submit some more questions for me I'll throw you up there I'll talk to you Uh, of course we'll, we'll answer them 
it's not going to be like uh, I've got a couple questions like um, that are uh, completely off the wall. If you want to talk, you know, like who would win in a fight, uh, you know, a badger or a wolverine, we can even get into that uh, just because of the mascots. But uh, we'll, we'll discuss pretty much everything uh, on this podcast. Uh, we do love our fans and uh, we've got some pretty crazy questions. So hopefully we can you know, keep them coming and then we can discuss them. Uh, you know, later in the season as it kind of rolls along. All right, so let's jump into it. our betting podcast. As always, we always start off with our PSA, right? If you know anyone that is struggling with gambling, please reach out to them. Please help them be the voice that they need to hear. Help them out. If you are struggling with gambling, there are people that can help you with that uh, addiction. Don't gamble away money that you don't have. Please gamble responsibly. And uh, as always, we will be using the Action Sports betting app. I like this just because I can see uh, numerous books. Some people people like FanDuel, some people like uh, different kind of, of numbers. You can kind of see it all in there. Uh, I th- This isn't a sponsored podcast by them, but I do like using their app, uh, and I and I find it very easy to use. But use what you want to do, and uh, but look for those those good numbers. So let's start off. Uh, we've got our first game on Fox. We have Ohio State against Iowa. I think when Fox picked up this game, they thought this game was going to be a lot better. And let me tell you, it's going to be closer than what uh, some people think. And here is what... I think about this game. So the question is, what is the Ohio State offense going to look like against Iowa? I think this is a classic matchup where we've had a team in Iowa who has, again, looked downright pitiful this year, only having three wins, three and three, coming off of a bye, and they have to travel to Columbus. And Iowa has not won in Columbus since 1991, and I don't think they're going to win on Saturday. However, do I think they're going to cover the 29 points that right now that Las Vegas is giving you? Now, I use Las Vegas as a reference wherever you're gambling. Gambling is a lot more. Uh, the sports betting books are a little bit different now. But that Las Vegas is giving you, right? That's my that's my closest uh, sports book. So it's 29 points. Do I think that's going to happen? I say to you, no. You look at the Michigan game, 14-27. And I think it's going to be a lot like that. Now, it is in Columbus, but 29 points is a lot of points. And and uh, Iowa has not given up more than 27 points. That Michigan game was the top game of the year. They've scored 7-7, 27-27, 14-6. And the last thing that people remember is that ugly two-field goal game against Illinois on the road. And then they went into a bye week. I think that Iowa, uh, usually, you know, coming off of a bye, um, Iowa is almost 500, 19 and 20, Kirk Ferentz, uh, at his time there. But I would say that I don't think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be closer than what the experts think. Again, your last memory of of Ohio State is 49 to 20 over Michigan State going into the bye. Ryan Day, 8 and 1 off of a bye. I think it continues. The win is going to happen. But I don't think Ohio State's going to cover that number. I think 34 to 14. I think Ohio State does score some points. But I think Iowa, this is by far the best defense Ohio State has seen. I think it could be close through half. And then as Ohio State and C.J. Stroud kind of just pick apart uh, the Iowa secondary, I think that's where we're going to see a big leap. Again, at home, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sorry, Iowa fans. You'll be slipping to three and four. And uh, I can't wait to be kind of talking about the standings and our tiers uh, on next Monday of where Iowa will be at uh, in those tiers. So 34-14 is our prediction. I'm taking Iowa and the points on that one. And the next game up, we have Indiana against Rutgers. And this 
I think is the hardest game this week to predict. Uh, and I want to tell you why. Rutgers has not won a home Big Ten game. They went into the into 22 with 19 straight home conference game losses, right? And then they just added two more. That is Iowa and Nebraska. And that Nebraska game was crazy. They had to come back in the end, and they did it. I want to believe that Rutgers can do it. I do like Rutgers. I like. I think Shiano's going to point it in the right direction. I think it was better than what had been transpiring uh, prior with Chris Ash. But I just, until they beat the streak, I'm going to be betting against the streak to happen. And it's, it's interesting because the number started at plus one, which I honestly think this game plus one is right, right about right. But some money has came in. Now, not a ton of money. Only a thousand bets have been placed on this game so far. Uh, but, and that will obviously go up as, and the number will, will fluctuate. But three points on Rutgers, I think is just too much. Uh, and I think Indiana... I want to pick them to win straight up. Uh, they're 3-1 and one as visitor. I think Tom Allen is doing a phenomenal job coaching. I mean, they played well against Michigan. They played well against Maryland. Uh, Nebraska was a little kind of an ugly game. But the last two games, they played well, and they've lost. And so you could say, well... You know, they got lucky against Illinois, so you kind of trade the Maryland loss for the Illinois because I think everything, whatever goes up, must come down. Everything stays about 500, uh, right in the middle, law of averages. I think uh, I think Indiana goes on the road, and I think they beat them. And I think that Indiana is going to move to 4-4. Four, uh, four and four, uh, And I, I think they're sitting right now 500 going into the last couple games of the season. I, I do know that Rutgers is coming off, the, off a bye. Uh, Shiano is 16 and 13 in his career. This isn't the Rutgers of old. Uh, I just think that Indiana just plays a titch better. I think it's going to be 28-27. I, I think Indiana covers the number, and I would pick them straight out to win the game uh, if that's the case. So, really interesting. I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. Probably the hardest one to predict, though, uh, this this week, and we're going to be getting into uh, even some crazier games with some pretty crazy injuries. And the next game up we have is Purdue against Wisconsin. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out why Wisconsin is favored in this game. There are so many, so much money uh, pouring in on the Wisconsin side. The majority, or on the Purdue side, the majority of the bets are that Purdue plus two and a half. And uh, I think I got to go with the public. I feel kind of like a square. Uh, you know, they say sharps and squares. Uh, the sharps being the professional betters, the squares just being you know, the average Joes or, or and uh, I, I, I feel like it, but I think this number, I, I just don't see Wisconsin beating Purdue. Now, and I want to say this with a caveat, the way I see it happening is this is Wisconsin's season. This is the absolute season for them. Just like it was last week against Michigan State, Michigan State had to win to stay viable. The difference here is that Wisconsin has three wins, right? They have three wins so far. And going into the last uh, four games, if they were to lose this, they have Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota. So winnable games. None of those games are not winnable. Two of them on the road, two of them at home. I think this matters so much for Wisconsin but I just think Purdue is better. I think Purdue, uh, yeah, they, they've kind of edged into the spoiler maker attitude. Uh, they did, uh, you know, barely, 
beat, uh, you know, Nebraska last week. And so I can see why people are a little skeptical. I think Brom's got a great team. It's taken some crazy last game heroics by Penn State and Syracuse to beat this team. I think Purdue travels to, to Madison, and I think they win. And I know it's going against it. I think, you know, they're saying plus two and a half. I'm going to be 38 to 35, and I think I think that Purdue covers, and they get that outright win. Uh, I think this is going to be a lot, like I said, a lot closer. I think it's going to be higher scoring than what uh, we're used to seeing uh, for the, the Boilermakers and, well, not the Boilermakers, but uh, the Boilermakers-Badgers uh, game, right? Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin hasn't put up a, a ton of points this season, but I just see it. I think they're going to kind of come out firing, uh, and they're going to have a bye week to kind of reassess. I do feel for this Wisconsin team. Uh, I'm kind of creating a list uh, for them in Nebraska so far of, of people I would go out and hire or my favorite coaching candidates. That's always fun to talk about. We'll be talking about that in a future podcast. But right now, Wisconsin just seems disjointed, especially uh, ugly loss. It's, it's hard to come back uh, at home after an ugly loss against Michigan State. But I could see them winning. So if you're feeling good about Wisconsin, you're like, hey, you know what? They, they're going to win because uh, they're just feeling great about themselves. This is on the line. I can get behind that logic. Just make sure when you're placing the bets, you can get that logic. I just think, I, I just believe more in, in the in the Boilermakers, right? The next game, uh, the next two games, these are my favorite games of the week, and I'm going to tell you why. And it's because I really, it's really interesting. Uh, I would say hold off on betting on both of these games and tell you here the injury news regarding Tanner Morgan and the injury uh, news uh, surrounding Tylua, or I think that's Tylua. I don't want to butcher his name. Uh, Tungo Bailoa, the, the Maryland quarterback. Follow the news as closely as possible. Now, I'm not saying that the backup for either of these teams isn't capable of going in and winning. We saw them there that he was able to do it against Indiana. Now, Northwestern is not a good team, uh, Maryland Northwestern. And right now, so far, the line is at 13 and a half. But I think Northwestern's defense is good enough to give Maryland headaches uh, to kind of upset that rhythm. I think that Maryland's going to win. I think they're going to have another convincing win. They're going to be moving up uh, to six wins. They'll be six and two, feeling great going into the last four games of the season. Uh, But definitely watch the injury news because I think that might sway your decision in this game. Uh, For me, I think it's going to be fairly low scoring. Um, I would say 24 to 10 for Maryland uh, in this scenario. Uh, They are at home. They're back at home. They've had two pretty close, uh, you know, uh, a win against Indiana and a loss against Purdue. So it's been close games. I think they kind of get back on it, but I really want to see how the backup plays. If he just looks downright abysmal, um, then I would say, you know, pull the plug if we're, until we get, uh, you know, the, the regular quarterback back in. But uh, very interesting. Maryland's a very interesting team right now. Uh, they could still spoil the season for Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, and, uh, like they're playing a lot better than what I thought. You know, we, we talked about them going about seven and five, eight and four at the max. They could still do that. They do have two losses, but uh, so far they've been playing phenomenal and, and a lot better than what I thought they would be doing at this time. 
So we're taking uh, Maryland and the, and the points. Uh, big home home favorite there. Now the next game we have is uh, Minnesota against Penn State. And what's crazy is as, as we've been talking, the lines have been ever so slightly changing. And this one is very difficult. This is, this is a very difficult game because I don't know what's happening with Tanner Morgan. If Tanner Morgan is not in, I think you go Penn State. I think you're like, hey, I'm going Penn State. Now, also, is, is Sean Clifford, uh, you know, I, looking around what you guys have, you know, on Twitter, uh, what's been saying, it looks like Sean Clifford's going to be starting against uh, Minnesota. I think I would say, hey, it's going to be close if it's Tanner Morgan. I would say I would lean Nittany Lions. But if Tanner Morgan is not going, I think that four and a half number is, is more, Penn State is more than capable of covering it. However, I don't think this is going to be a very high scoring game. I, I, I just don't. Uh, the only high scoring games we've seen is the Central Michigan, they scored 33. Yeah, Auburn, Ohio, right? Uh, Purdue, they scored 35. But I think Minnesota, I think at home, it's going to be a little bit better. Uh, home team has covered 6-1 six, six so against the spread. I'm going to go with Penn State in this scenario. I think Michigan is just that much better of a team. Uh, again, I think it's going to be close. I want to go 24-17 to for Penn State in this scenario. And, uh, but definitely keep your eye on Tanner Morgan because if he's healthy and he's ready to go, really no lingering uh, effects after that, that head injury that he sustained on Saturday against Illinois, then, then, then it will be a lot more interesting of a game. Um, Minnesota, this, this, they've got to stop the bleeding and I feel bad for them because they were really poised to kind of take over. They had Purdue, a bye, and then Illinois, and they've dropped the last two. I think they'll drop the, 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 the third, and then I think they'll go on a, on a hot winning streak to end the season. I could still see them going 9-3 and three is what we have predicted at the beginning of the year. But, but tough couple weeks if you're a, a Golden Gopher fan. I still like Fleck. I don't think it's anything that has to do with him. Uh, I think they just had a very, very weak start, uh, well, schedule to start the year and then now uh, you know they're, they're playing a little bit more into the teeth I still think that they'll be able to win they'll get a win uh, I think they'll split with either Iowa or Wisconsin uh, maybe they beat both they get one on the road one at home we'll see where both of those teams are at uh, but just just an interesting team keep your eye on Tanner Morgan I the, the, the backup when he went in against the line I just looked completely overwhelmed uh, you know Tanner Morgan being I believe what a fifth year or sixth year senior he's been there forever he knows what up he's having a phenomenal season so far and so uh and i think that ninny lion that they, they, they proved that they can't really defend the rum and uh, i think that uh ibrahim is going to have an absolute breakout game but i would say it's a seven point game and i go in favor of the ninny lions uh just because so many people the last time we saw him it was just ugly and i think a lot of people are going to be bent in minnesota in this scenario so we're taking a lot of uh the the we've got a couple favorites we got a couple upsets and uh excited to 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 bring this podcast to you so thank you keep the questions coming we want to interact with you be sure to follow us at big 10 pod follow all of our podcasts on the woos media family of podcasting or the podcasting network the woos media family right uh thank you guys so much for listening until monday we'll see you have a wonderful weekend of college football